0: Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning, and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how the Bible, Holy Spirit, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. One of the questions that I get when I speak from different people often when they talk to me is, so how long does it take you to prepare like a message? And I'm like, well, that's a very relative question to certain weeks and what I'm studying and what's going on. And you guys just so happen to be sitting in in a service today where last night I uh, sometimes I go on a, a drive and and uh, I'm a weirdo, okay? Like, I, I sit in my car and I don't play music. Weird? Kinda? A lot of people have told me I'm weird for that, okay? And I don't know why. Sometimes I play music, sometimes I enjoy it, but majority of the time, 80 to 90% of the time, I will sit in a quiet car and just drive and just think. And for me, there's something so beautiful, allowing space in your life to hear from God, allowing space in your life to allow Holy Spirit to lead you, allow space away from the busyness, away from the loudness. It's almost like putting spiritual earplugs in when you can just drive and, and just, or sit in a room wherever you might be and just allow yourself to listen to God. You know, God is always speaking to you and if you're close to him and you're there and, and, you're, and you're allowing for that time to listen, you will feel guided by him. But a lot of the time, and I've done messages about presence, and I've done messages about pausing in our life, and I've done messages about about getting out of the busyness and the rat race of life so that we can actually feel guided by God. But if we don't do that, we'll never hear that still, quiet voice that the Bible talks about. And so yesterday, I was just praying, and like I almost always do when I come to, uh, when I'm preaching the next day, I just tell God, I'm like, look, God, only you can speak through me. I, I don't know how to connect to thousands of people by myself. And the only way I ever do it is because God's guiding. God's guidance and God's peace. And and so I said, what I had a message prepared. But I just said, God, is this the message that I need to, to speak tomorrow? I don't know what. And, and I don't know, the one time I feel like that God's like, no, not that one. I'm like, but God, I've been preparing this one for a week or two. And I would love to speak this one, but I just kept feeling that God didn't want it, and I said, okay, that's fine, whatever, so 9 p.m. last night, I decided to throw away the paper into a spot that maybe I'll I'll return to in in the future, okay, and preach, and just completely go with what I felt God was telling me to preach this morning, and so my stress is hopefully your guys' blessing today, so that's great, and uh, it's gonna be a really good message today. I'm really excited for it, but again, I'm someone that, yeah, give Jesus a hand, but... to me, if God's guiding you, it's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change lives. Like there's no, no other way of doing it. And so never ever, I guess before I even get into my message, never ever doubt that. If you feel it in your gut and you're praying and you're listening to God, it's like don't, don't, don't doubt that. Just go with it as nervous as you might be, as stressed as you might feel, and just realize that when God's blessed it, you're good. You can just step into it, and, and you can deliver whatever you need to deliver. Um, another question that we often get, and this is, this is about more of my message now, is, um, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? That's one thing that I heard yesterday, or just felt, in the car. I was like, what do you want me to speak on? And then, boom, the Garden of Eden came in my head. And then and, and boom, I just started feeling about purpose. And I felt like, well, what is our purpose, and, and what are we to do? And, man, the question, what is my purpose it makes people stop in their tracks from doing anything further. They might not step into an occupation because they really wanna know what their purpose is first. They might not step into building a family and starting a family because they're really wanting to figure out what is my purpose here on earth. Sometimes it just completely paralyzes you into inaction when you have to try to figure out what your purpose is. Now, let me say this. We have a creator and that creator only created us because we have a purpose. God didn't go, oh, shoot, I created humans. Dang it, what are they going to do now? Oh, man, uh, we got to figure this out. No, God, everything you read in the Bible, everything we, we hear from God on, everything that we, we learn about, God is specifically doing it for a reason. You are not here by accident. Amen? Whether you believe you are or not is up to you. I can't change that. Only you can change that. But you are not here by accident. As screwed up as you are, as bad as your past is, as bad as the mistakes you've made and and, and how you got here, however it is, you're not here by accident. You're not. So we need to ditch that and realize that God created you and created me for a reason. Now, for us to really understand what the purpose is for our life here, see, purpose starts to, stu- to tie into will. And will is another, se- another thing in the, in the Word of God that makes people all hopped up. What should I do? Where should I go? How should I work? What am I supposed to do for God in this lifetime? If I'm working as a lawyer right now, am I missing God? If I'm working as a pastor, am I missing God? Am I, if, I, if I send my kids over here, am I missing God? We ask all these crazy, frantic questions. But again, God is in that still, quiet, peaceful voice. And so we need to allow ourselves to just sit back and allow God to speak to us and allow us to to fellowship with him. And so in order to find our purpose, we need to go back to why we were created. And we only can see why we were created from Genesis when God created the world. And so today we are going to start in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. And this verse says this, Then God said, Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So I'm going to say something that's very simple, and almost every single one of you have heard this, but we are made in God's likeness and image. So you need to remember that, okay? We're going to go back to that in a moment. But remember, one of the most life changing statements is that we were created in his likeness and image. Okay, so put that in the back of your head for later. As we go forward, we see why God created the earth. He created us back in the day. The, the, or the initial side of creating Adam and Eve, the Bible talks about where God just said, hey, like, I realize there's no one to care for the earth. There's no one to care for the animals. There's no one to care for the soil and bring crop up and plant and harvest. There's no man to do this, no woman to do this. And so that's where God created Man. Now, God is God. So He could have just spoke a word, and everything would have would have been planted and harvested, and we would have everything we ever needed. And so the more you think about this, you realize that okay, Adam named helped name all the animals. God could have named the animals. God created the universe. Okay, I think he could have handled a few little little animal names. You know what I'm talking about? Now So then it brings us further into what we're talking about here. What is our purpose if God is God? And it's actually very humbling for me to to dive in. Well, he's created us in his likeness and in his image so that we can relate to him. If we were a creep that creeps the earth, as it says, every creeping thing that creeps the earth, we wouldn't be able to relate to God. Every animal is not made in his likeness and image, but we are special because we're made in his likeness and image. That one statement should start to realize when you, are, when you have your foundation of that in your life, it should start to erode almost every bit of, of lack of identity, of thinking that you're less than, of, fe- of feeling suicidal thoughts or depression or loneliness because you realize that you are special. And I don't want you to think about yourself anymore, okay? Just that. You are special, but God has a purpose for you on this earth. Now, God's purpose, to me, I want to know what the creator created me for. And I know that if I can know what the creator created me for, I will live a fulfilled life. Not only for myself, but for everyone around me and for God. Now, the number one reason that God created man, woman, everyone, is for fellowship with him. That's it. Fellowship with him. Can you imagine a God that loves you so much that he just wants to hang out with you? That was the reason. Until Adam and Eve got given free will in the garden to say, hey, you can still live with me in the garden or you can make this decision. And if you make this decision, you surely will die, is what God said. And that's when sin entered the world. We all know the the story of Adam and Eve where they grabbed the apple and and here we are. Sin entered in the world and now all the bad things that happened in the world was because of that one decision that God gave free will to man for. Because what is love if you are forced into a relationship? It's not love. It's not how it works. And so as as we go forward, we read in Genesis 3 verse 8. And this is after Adam and Eve have ate from the apple. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, this is a very small verse, but we can see that actually in the first half of the verse, it says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. So that right there establishes the fact that Adam and Eve were living and fellowshipping with God every day. You heard God walking around you. You heard him walking in the garden with you. God just wanted community with you. God just wanted fellowship with you. God just wanted a relationship with you. Now, the significance of God walking in the garden garden highlights his desire for companionship with me and you. When your creator just wants to be with you, how, how much greater is that? And the fact that we were made in his likeness and image It's huge. I read a quote the other day and it said, I got to remember. We all read so many quotes every day, it feels like. It said, You can't compete with me because I want you to win too. Hmm. Instantly summed up God's relationship with me in one sentence. It's like he's not looking for competition. He's not looking for us to be lower than him. He's just wanting us to live life and be with him. Of course he's God, so of course he is the highest of the high. Don't get me wrong. But he created us in his likeness and image. If there's any competition in that, you think he'd create us exactly like him? In his likeness and image? I don't think so. But you can't compete. I love that because I want you to win too. And that's a beautiful thing for us to realize as we go forward and understand that fellowship with God is the cornerstone of our purpose. The cornerstone of our purpose is to fellowship with God. It's to glorify God. That's number one. That was why we were created. Now, when Adam and Eve made the decision to sin and to to make a decision that they they shouldn't have made, but that was their free will, sin entered the world, and now God had to figure out a way to, even though you have free will, to figure out a way to bring you back to him, but realizing that only you can make that decision to come back to God. He's not going to force you. He might put churches in your way to to help you and help you understand that that's what he wants with you. He might put good friends in your way to help you on your way to really understand what he has for you, what he wants for you, and that he loves you, but he's not gonna force you. So we were created to have fellowship with him and then Adam and Eve made a decision that made us not fellowship with him anymore. And then all throughout the Bible, from Genesis all the way until Jesus came, God was trying to bring redemption back to us. Okay, He was trying to figure out a way to connect us back to him until finally, with not being able to do it through the people on the earth, he sent his only son as a human being to do it and connect those dots for us. So Jesus came, lived that life that he lived, died on the cross, and here we are back in fellowship and right standing with God. There's nothing you can do on this earth. Yeah, you can give Jesus a hand. It's so good. There's nothing you can do to remove yourself from that. But now we are at a crossroads in life right now. We're wondering, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? See, I'll go on a little rant right now because I I get a little bit annoyed with this self-care initiative everywhere right now. I think it's important to care for yourself, but the world really wants you to focus on you. The world wants you to focus on you so bad. But let me tell you, the more you focus on you, the bigger your problems become. The more you focus on you, the more you feel that anxiety. The more you focus on you, the more you feel that depression. The more you focus on you, the more you realize that your marriage isn't going too well. The more you focus on you, the more you struggle with raising your kids in a godly way. The more you focus on you, the more you cannot step into what God has for you because it's greater than yourself. Okay. But this is a subject that steps on your toes. Because the entire world right now is pushing you to think about you just you it's scary in the world that we live in we see it everywhere that we go people's self-centeredness just flying through the roof their victim mentality taking over absolutely everything no matter what it is always about them and they ruin their life the moment they they step into that realm ruin it so bad God is saying to us that your purpose on earth was to fellowship with him. And now he's saying, okay, now that you've seen me on earth, now that you are believing in me, let's go get every single other person that's on this planet right now to see me as a loving God so that we can all be united, reunited back in heaven together one day. But that has to do with us stepping out of our comfort zone and saying, I care about others more than I care about myself. We hear about the the greatest commandment in the the word of God and Jesus, one of the Pharisees is saying, Jesus, so he was kind of scoffing at Jesus saying, so what's the greatest commandment? Okay, what's the, the best, the greatest commandment out of all the ones out there? And Jesus answered with two different commandments. The first one is to love God. Most of you know this if you've listened to me preach. And the second one was to love others. It's interesting that Jesus said love others after that and we wonder why we struggle so much in our world. Well, I'm starting to realize it's because we focus on ourselves. Another quiet message. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we focus on ourselves. Think about the last time, have you ever helped someone when you were in something yourself that was a trial, something you couldn't get over? Have you helped someone else in that moment? It changes the way you think. It changes the way you think to be in your own grief and help someone else in their grief. We were getting over, not even getting over, that's such a dumb way of, for me to say this, but when I was just dealing with my dad's death, even, I was trying to figure out what, what do we do? What do we do? How do we figure this out? How do I grieve for this? How do I walk through life and, and establish myself on God and, and continue to walk forward when, when my like, favorite person in the world is not here anymore? And it was hard. And it was, it, was, it was difficult. And the only time, the only time the grief started getting easier was the time where I said, you know what? I just want to focus on your people, God. That's it. I don't want to focus on me. If I go focus on me, I'm going to sit in my house all day long and miss someone. But I can also go, wow, God, dad is somewhere that, that I'm going to join him one day. But I want to join him with just millions of people, billions of people with me. People wonder, well, how do you get through grief? Help others. It's weird. It's God's math. I don't know how it works. It's like, wait, you focus on someone else and my life gets better? Yeah. It's like, you know? It's like God's created us to connect with him. But God loves his people more than anything. So as his people, why would we not also love his people? Why would we also not take care of those that don't know him yet? Why would we not build schools to further these children's identity in Christ? Because we know that's the only thing that will keep them from more suffering than they deserve. Because the world's hard sometimes. The world brings things that you're not expecting. Sometimes you go through things you don't even know Why? But when I know that God is all loving and God created me because he just wants a relationship with me, then everything I go through, I never blame him. Actually, everything I go through that makes me go, what the heck just happened? Makes me push in closer because I know God's character. I know that he's my safe place in that moment. Even though I don't know, even though I don't know why, please stop asking why, okay? Just don't ask it. All it does is leads you down a path with either an answer you won't like or no answer. That's it. Nothing more than that. There'll never be an answer where you go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense why I'm going through all this. Thank you. That's great. No, you're not going to be that at all. You're going to be the opposite of that. But when you start to know that God's character is that He created you because He loves you so much and He just wants to hang out with you, that is it. And we're in what we're in because Adam and Eve made a dumb decision. And I'm sure many of us might have done the same decision in that garden, but still. And now God said, you know what? Now that, that humanity is screwed up, I want to figure out a way to connect them back to me. That's a loving God, okay? That's a very loving God. And so as we move forward, we start to realize that to glorify God is our number one purpose. That's easy, love God. You can't love people without loving God. People are hard to love. No amens? Is the person beside you? Sorry. Sorry. People are hard to love sometimes, and that's okay, but God's love crashes through that barrier of of people that are hard to love and go, no, it doesn't matter. I'm going to love this person because I know that God created them. And how much is it, how great is it to walk through your life knowing you're living the purpose of your creator? You know, it's like using your oven as a dishwasher, it's just going to leave the frustration. You're like, why isn't this? Why are my dishes keep breaking? I turn this thing on and it just doesn't clean the dishes, right? Well, you're not using the oven the way that it was created for its purpose, right? So we wonder why we're so frustrated in our life when we don't live according to the purpose and why you were created. Don't get me wrong. You're the author of your own life. Go live the life that you want to live. You can do whatever the heck you want. And that's the beautiful thing about free will. Do whatever you want. But don't complain about going through life in a hard way if you're not choosing to really focus on your creator and why he created you and the purpose that you have. Because when you step into your purpose, it is amazing what God does through your life. Absolutely phenomenal. You might struggle with anxiety right now. You might struggle with depression. You might struggle with suicidal thoughts. You might struggle with loneliness. You might struggle with just self-identity and thinking you're not enough and your value list, that you just have no value on this planet. Whatever it is that you're, you're struggling with, I guarantee if you serve others, that will start to diminish. We have a Acts of Kindness. If you if you know uh, the, many different ministries in our church, we have one called Acts of Kindness, and we get donated furniture from lots of people. Any of you guys, as well as different companies that we've partnered with, that that give us these things as we need, and um, and we and we as they come available actually, and we give them to families that need them. Whoever's whoever is, is we have a kind of a running list, and that run, that running list is is getting bigger and we actually are running out of furniture. And so if you ever need to to donate furniture to a good cause, we are constantly looking for people um, that can donate good furniture while also so we can continue to furnish those houses and and apartments in different places for these people that truly need it. But don't tell me that when you walk into an apartment dropping off a bed for everyone in this family, this little eight-year-old boy comes running up to you and you see his room and he's laying on a blanket on the floor on the hardwood floor and you're dropping a bed off to him and he looks at you and says is this mine how long can I keep it for we're like no no it's yours buddy forever and he starts to cry and he starts running around his house just just dancing and stoked saying I've never owned a bed before ever don't tell me you leave that house still anxious Don't tell me you still leave that house thinking about yourself, because if you do, you got to check up from the neck up, buddy. Because that's unbelievable. The point of this entire sermon is to get us as Christians to step back and realize that it's not about you. And that's a hard realization to come to. It's a hard realization. Why do we forgive? Because it's not about you. Yes, we say that forgiveness brings you peace, and it absolutely does. But God wants us just to give people chances. I'm not saying toxic people. I'm not saying people that are using you and all that kind of stuff, forgive them and then maybe don't hang out with them, okay? You can love from afar. There's boundaries that need to be put in place. But God just wants us to love his people because that's the best way, the most physical way that they'll feel his love and maybe choose God. But man, if we could change someone's mind to say, hey, If you just love God, you will live forever with us one day. Forever. We've said this before. You must hate someone's guts to not share your faith with them. You don't got to do it weird. But do it in a way that they can go, I want that. I want that. Don't don't tell me that your anxiety is at its highest when you're helping park cars in minus 30. Directing cars in, smiling and waving at people as they come in. Don't tell me your depression hits an all-time low when you're standing at the door right here shaking hands and saying, welcome here. We're so glad you're a part of this family. Don't tell me when you're at youth volunteering and seeing all these unchurched and churched youth walk in that are dealing with the craziest things ever and you get to talk to them. And after you volunteer, 10 years later, you get stopped by someone in the mall and they say, are you, are you so-and-so? And you're like, yeah. And you're like, did you volunteer at youth? Yeah, I did. Do you remember that one conversation that we had? And I'm like, you got to remind me. I talked to a lot of people at youth. Oh, whatever you said to me, I was going to kill myself that night. And what you said completely changed my life. Do you think I go home thinking about myself after that? No. When I compare myself to other people, my life's pretty easy, and I think most of ours are. There's always someone that has something worse. Always. Someone said to me one time, next Christmas, you guys as a family or as a, as a bunch of friends should all write your number one problem down on a sheet, fold it up and put it and mix it all under the tree and then have everyone go grab one sheet of paper. You're going to open that paper and you're going to see a problem that you don't want. And you're going to be looking for your own. <laughs> That's the truth though. Why? Because everyone thinks their problem is the worst. But why? Why? victim mentality again. God's not coming for a bunch of victims. And in the world right now, don't get me wrong, he's coming for victims too, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> please don't take me off into the ditch on this one. But God let like Jesus left his holy spirit to guide us into ultimate truth in every aspect of our life. And so whatever you're going through right now, know that you're not alone, first of all. But also know that the second you leave that on the sideline, and start to focus on somebody else and loving others, you are stepping into your purpose. And when you step into your purpose, you are now doing what the creator created you to do. So if you don't feel like you're purposeful right now, you feel like what you're doing is wrong, you feel like you don't know what to do, let me tell you, my purpose isn't preaching on the stage. My purpose isn't being a lawyer. My purpose isn't being a plumber. My purpose isn't being having no job. Sometimes we get caught up on what we do. You need to realize it's the how. Because you can love people just as much as I can from this stage or from your business. You can love someone as a cashier working minimum wage, trying to figure out how to get through school. And you can love someone being a business owner and thriving in your life and having everything you've ever needed. Whichever you are, it doesn't matter because God's purpose is that you just love people. You love God and you love people. When you love people, you start to step into an entirely new realm where you go, this is why we do it. This is why we do it. I had someone a little while ago, they're probably listening, so I love you guys. I'm about to share this story. They'll know, they'll know who they are. But this little, little young girl just messaged me through her mom's account on my Instagram and said, hey, we don't go to your church, but I've seen a lot of different things that you're posting, and I have some questions that I'd love to answer. And I said, Sure. And she, she said, uh, who's, who's, who's this Noah guy? And I was like, Okay, so I explained that. And the second question was just Adam and Eve. That's it. No question mark, no nothing. So I explained a quick, quick thing about Adam and Eve. And the third one, she went like straight from surface level to super deep, right off the hop. And it was, uh, what was it? It was something about if God's good, why is there still bad things happening on earth? And I was like, okay, well now we're going to a deep level here. Like, And so I did my best to answer everything. And, and at the end, I we have we have like... A whole kids ministry here that teach the Word of God in such an amazing way that is applicable to them as they are and so I offered I was like hey can can our kids team just send you a a little Bible for you and you can learn and, and and continue to grow and it's those tiny little things that make you realize wow your life is good wow yeah I might be going through something hard but when I focus on other people it's amazing how much that diminishes so as we step into this next season of church, of buildings, of, of just loving on people, realize that what you are going through right now will be made so much easier the second that you step out and go, I want to care for others. I don't need to care for myself. The reason I have this pet peeve for this self-care initiative that's going everywhere is because when's the last time that you booked a massage, okay, and the moment the massage was done, all your anxieties were gone, Okay? All your depression was gone. Everything you dealt with was gone. No. Halfway through that massage, actually, you're talking to yourself going, oh my gosh, it's halfway over. It's halfway over. Oh my gosh, I've been waiting for this for so long. It's almost over already. Right? When's the last time you took a day off and it solved all your problems? No. Halfway through that day off, you're thinking, oh my gosh, it's halfway over. <laughs> Back to work tomorrow. Right? Right? When's the last time that you sat on a beach in Mexico and all your problems went away? They might have went away for a week, but the second you returned back to homeland, they were back. I mean, the Bible could have said, to solve all your problems, go sit on a beach somewhere, listen to the waves, is it therapeutic? Absolutely it is. Is it going to solve your problems? Absolutely never. That's just how it works. When you start to care for other people, that starts to realize that your problems are much, much smaller. And it actually gives you the strength to continue through your problems and get to the other side. If you can get one thing from my message, I want you to, I want you to know it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about any of you. It's actually about everyone else that we can love through our journey. That's what it's about. I promise you, if you connect to this church or connect to, if you're just visiting us today and you're from out of town, you have a different church, whatever it is, if you just connect to that life-giving church and you start volunteering and you start realizing that there's so many different areas that you can step into and just help others, your life will take on a completely different meaning. Why? Because you're walking in your purpose. You're walking in your purpose. You're talking, oh, the will of God. What, What am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to do it? Those things don't matter as much as you think. What? They don't? No. I love going back to the verse in Colossians. that says, in whatever you do, in whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all for who? God. It's not the what, it's not the where, it's the how. It's the why. You helping someone on the street? Why are you? But to get that film and get it on social media and get it all viral, that's not helping others. That's helping you again. Don't get me wrong, you can film it and it's great. It's awesome to, to, to push that out. Don't get me on the wrong side again. I'm just saying, ask yourself your own intentions because no one knows them but you and God. That's it. But we as a church, when we stand up and we go, we just want to help people, we'll see God do amazing things in every person's life. We'll never even have to think about it when we pray. Maybe take the prayer off your own stuff and pray for other others. I bet you'd change your perspective. And guess what? If all of us do that, then we're all being prayed for. All of us. <laughs> Purpose is a big thing. And it would be a shame to live your entire life feeling like you never were able to live out your purpose, ever. Maybe you feel like you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, you don't know what job to take. And I want to say this, take the stress off all of that and realize that if your first focus is to love God, glorify God in all that you do, and that you help others, it doesn't matter where you go, what you do, how much money you make, where you find yourself, it doesn't matter any of that because God will bless it all. And you'll find yourself right where God wants you to be. So if you're feeling stressed right now, let go of that stress. Let go of that anxiety. I didn't even get to the, I should probably read some of these verses because these verses really, really help. But the entire message is to understand that we are not to think about ourselves at all. And there's multiple scriptures. I'll read just a few of them. Matthew 6:25 to 34 says therefore I tell you do not worry about your life or what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear it is not it is sorry is not life more than food and the body more than clothes but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. I love this verse, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. First Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. That's it. Because he cares for you. Psalms 55, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. How amazing is that? We have Luke chapter 12, which is very similar to to Matthew, where Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear, but seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. And finally, Proverbs 3, 5. I'm really making our media team work. I'm rifling through these things. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Every single verse that we just read is about, not about you. It's about actually saying that if you just allow God to be God, you can just give all your anxieties to him. That means you, don't, you no longer have to think about yourself. You say, well, I have to. No, the Bible actually says cast everything. All your cares, everything. Don't even worry about any of that. Because God knows that when you focus on others and you, and you trust in God, you never have to think about yourself because he'll take care of you. Amen? Amen. That's something that we need to establish within deep, in, within our heart to say yes. We want to go there. We want to be there. We want to continue to do what God's doing in our life because if we live the way that the creator has, lit, has, has created us to live, you will live such an amazing life. Why? Because you get to help others. Period. I'll say one more time, it's not about you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for this amazing day that we have today. I thank you that the words that I spoke today just really penetrate the hearts of the people today and just allow them to realize that you've created us for a purpose. You've created us in a way that we can just understand and experience your peace and your strength and your joy in everything that we do. We thank you that we never take that for granted, but we take a step back today and we look at our life and we choose to not focus on us, but focus on the person beside us. We thank you as we do this that we step into a purpose and a calling and your will that will sustain us our entire life until we're finally back fellowshipping with you, God. With every head bowed and eye closed, I want to take a quick moment. Every single Sunday we take time to pray a prayer that when you believe in this prayer and you believe that Jesus came to earth and died on the cross and rose again for you so that we could be back in right standing with God, that you are a Christian and you can start living your life guided by God, sitting in that, 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 that kind of silent car waiting for that still small voice to talk to you. Wherever you are, it's the most amazing life when you fully give it to God and you believe in him. I know some of you in here probably don't, and I want to give you an opportunity, whether you're sitting in front of me right now or you're watching online, wherever you are, this works right where you are. We're going to pray right away, but for those that are sitting in front of me, if that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus today and become a Christian right now, I just want to ask you to raise your hand all around the room, wherever you are. Raise a hand, wave at at me, and I'm going to include you in this prayer. Awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So great, thank you. Amazing. This is the best decision, thank you. So good, thank you. Such a great decision. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. God wants to lead you. Thank you. But will you let him? Will you let him? Thank you, so great. God's gonna do amazing things in your lives. And as a church and as a group, we're gonna step out and we're gonna care for people like we've never cared for cared before we're in a step where we need to step into and realize that God's purpose is huge it's amazing it's full of peace and joy I'm going to take one quick second to look around again if I missed you just raise that hand up and we're going to pray right away thank you awesome so great perfect thank you all right if everyone can repeat after me the prayer goes like this father in Jesus name I give you my life please come into my heart from today and on serving you. Give me the power to change every day, every year, for the rest of my life. Jesus, I choose you. In your name, amen and amen. Let's give a round of applause to all those amazing people that made that decision. So good.